so everybody realizes that we just had our Bible conference. It ended on the 14th of September, so it's just a couple of weeks ago. And one of the things that we talked about during the Bible conference was that we needed to uh, try to raise money to uh, buy a new uh, book cutter, a book trimmer. And, um, you know, so we were praying. I'd ask you, if nothing else, to pray about it. Uh, I just want to let you know your prayers have been answered. Uh, and uh, anybody that has donated, I want to say thank you. I don't know any names. I don't want to know names. I just want to say thank you to the entire church for your support of the Word First Bible Publishing Ministry and uh, just how much you're involved and how much you care about it. But we have raised so far, I, I don't know the exact dollar, I think it's $63,600. <laughs> Amen. That is, that is, that's a huge blessing. So uh, we'll be uh, negotiating on the purchase of a new trimmer here pretty soon. And um, you know, so now you can pray about getting rid of the old cutter, and maybe I could try to find somebody to give me a little, little bit of money for it. And uh, and then uh, there's always other things that we knew that we have going on, you know, things that happen in the in the ministry that that are expensive, unfortunately. But but we did do. Uh, I think everybody is aware we did twenty thousand two hundred and forty-five, I believe it was, New Testaments. They're gone. They're on their way right now. They were shipped out last week. And uh, so that's that's that done. Uh, the other thing I wanted to get a, the privilege to do it is, is introducing our our speaker. You know, our pastor is at, uh, and I think Luke went with him, but I'm not sure. Uh, he's at the Certainty Conference in Ohio, and uh, he goes there every year. It's a good time of uh, just good preaching and fellowship and such, and he goes there every year. So he's there, but we have a guest speaker. Uh, some of you know him. Some of you recall that. Um, Bill Johnson and his wife Carolyn used to be on staff here at the HBF. I think we were trying to resurrect the time. We think it was about 10 years ago that he was that they left. Uh, not that he left because he had to, but because it was family obligations. And uh, so he he he's here and he can introduce his wife Carolyn and then their daughters and uh, tell you all about that. But uh, we're thankful. He used to be he used to oversee the college Bible fellowship here at the church. And now he's at Harvest Baptist Church in Blue Springs, and he is uh, uh, leading the, I think you call it the Bridge Bible Fellowship there, which is just full of people. Not, there's no denomination, no, no, no uh, de- demographic specialty to that class, but he's leading that, so we're thankful for what he's doing. We're thankful for him being here as well. Uh, so, Bill, come on up and preach the word to us. By the way, this is the first time that Bill has preached in this church even though he was on staff here for a while. So let's welcome him. Thank you for coming. Good morning. Yeah, I got it. I have to have coffee. It's kind of my thing. So water, I take a shower in, but (laughs) coffee's the lifeblood. So, well, good morning. It's great to be here this morning, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to be here. I know some of you, some of you know me, and You're still letting me preach here anyway, so I appreciate that. Um, So that is my lovely wife, Carolyn, of over 30 years. We just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary. (laughs) Praise the Lord. The little one next to the 12-year-old is Jada, and my oldest teenager, 15, is Jordan. Last time we were here in official capacity, we were getting ready to adopt the two two kids. Jada was 14 months, and Jordan was four, so it's been a minute, but we're thankful. So with that, uh, that's my family. So it is a great opportunity for me to be at Heartland. It's like a second home, and I mean that for real. You know, preachers come places, and they say, this is my second home. This is my second home. Pastor Brian Hedges led me to Christ in 1992. He's my mentor, and he's my friend, and he's never asked me to do this, so what's that tell you? (laughs) I'm kidding, kidding. Brian asked me one day, I was coming out of 7-Eleven, and Carolyn and I always say thank God for 7-Eleven because that's their slogan, but without 7-Eleven and meeting Brian Hedges again after we went to high school together and played football together, he asked me one thing, are you a Christian? 
I said, I'm trying to be. And I was. But I had never had a relationship with Christ. So that's where we begin for my journey. Started back then. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. So with that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. We'll get started. Our God in heaven, Lord, we love you. We honor you. Praise you. We need you, Father. I pray, Lord, that uh, the words that I speak in the meditation of my heart are your words and not mine. Father, I just give you the glory, honor, and praise. And I just pray that, as even as Ron prayed, that you know the words can be understood and touch hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. So I've entitled my message this morning, Plugging into the Power or On the Road Again. So as many of you know, I'm a bivocational pastor, and if you don't know what that means, it just means I work a day job and I'm a pastor. That's all that means. And you need to know that this morning because it fits into the message. And so with that, I'm going to explain a few things. I've started a new job recently, and we resurrect old cars from the dead, and that's important for the story. So my boss, my, my other boss, not God my boss, my, my earthly boss, his name is Trevor. And he's a very straightforward man of faith. He's the type of guy that believes what he says and says what he believes, and that's the kind of guy you want to work for. It's quite refreshing to work with a Christian company that just doesn't have a fish on their logo. They mean what they say. They're not just playing Christian radio so you'll feel all warm and fuzzy about the company and buy something from them. You know that people do that? There's a salvage yard, and I won't say their name. Old Bill would have, new Bill won't. And they would play, they play Christian music to make you feel better about their parts. And the guy told me that. They're trying to give you a warm, fuzzy feeling, and that's not what we're going to do. You don't need a warm, fuzzy feeling. You need truth that will set you free. So Trevor and I were driving back from some new property that we recently purchased, and we were speaking about the things of God. And when you're speaking about the things of God with your boss, it's really awesome. Because I said he believes what he says and says what he believes. To have a conversation about who God is and what God says from your boss is awesome. And we spoke about what we do as a company, what we're doing, where we're going, and why we're doing it. And we both agreed it's all for Christ's glory. Yes, we want to make money. Yes, we want to get a paycheck. But most of all, we want people to know who Jesus is. That's a good boss to work for. So, so we wholesale cars, I said, that we take what's old and busted and rusted and make it new. And I, I got a point. And, and we do it right. We don't cut any corners. If, if something, we can buy it that's cheaper and got more miles on it, we don't do that. Because we want someone to get something better than what they had. That's what Christ did for us. Come on. So you may be asking yourself, man, is he going to preach about cars? The short answer is yes. That shouldn't be a surprise to some of you. It's me. Because if you just watch and pay attention to what God is doing, he can use anything to teach us something. Right? So, so here we go. What I hope to explain to you is that sometimes as Christians, we've been saved so long that we kind of stop looking around at what God's doing. We take what God's done for us and we're like, yeah, that's awesome. And that's it. And I'm sure, not you guys, but I've been at some places that I know. And my dad used to say, listen, stop, what is the word, daydreaming. No, I'm a daydreamer, but I'm a Christ dreamer. Nowadays, I've taken what God has shown me, and I want to put that in, in the matter of fact to help somebody out, right? So if we stop looking around what God's doing, we can become complacent. And I'm going to do this, too. My dad used to say, what you should do when you buy a car, you just take an old, cheap car, right? You buy it, you drive it till it breaks down, and you put it on the side of the road and forget about it. He said, pull the plates off. Does that sound ethical? If by some means my dad is watching, I'm not talking about my dad. I am. <laughs> I don't know how you get away from that. That's what he said. Park the car on the side of the road. And the problem with Christianity is some of these on the side of the road. And you got your plates off. You don't want to identify with Jesus Christ. The roads, 
the road's a little bumpy, and quite frankly, the reason why the, the, the road is a little bumpy because you're driving all erratic in your Christian walk. See, me and my old man had a difference of opinion or a different vision. And I'm not saying that he wasn't walking circumspectly, but I'm saying Christian folks, we're told, you and I are told in Ephesians 5.15 that we walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. That doesn't mean if you've been saved five days, five minutes, or five years, you've got to know what's going on around you. God daily gives us a picture of who he is, folks. Open your eyes and look. God wants you to know who he is. And he, wants you, he also gives you a picture, excuse me, of what he says. And what he says is, listen to me and look to me. The problem is, is we take our eyes off Christ sometimes when things get a little bumpy on the highway. We go, ah. When we need to be looking to Christ, the author and finisher of our faith, we, we, we try to drive the car ourselves. It ain't working. It ain't working. When I was teaching Jordan to drive, I would go, oh, I'm not in control, so I would try to grab the wheel from her. Oh, babe, we're on the curb. We're on the curb. I know we're on the curb, Dad. Well, can we get off the curb? Sorry, babe. That's what we do with God. God's telling you, you're on the curb. You're on the curb. And you go, I got it. No, you don't. You're going to end up in the building. Knock it off. He says, listen to me, look unto me, and to be transparent, like I said, the road is a little bumpy because we're driving erratically sometimes in Christianity. So I digress on that. But back to what God showed Trevor and I, and something I hope to relay to you is how God did for me, right? And I'll just say this as a caveat. Listen, if you're in the right frame of mind, God can frame your mind, right? So the first thing that we do as wholesale car buyers in the wholesale car business is we purchase the car. The first thing Jesus did for you and I was he purchased us. You and I have been purchased with his own blood. So point one is Jesus purchased us. Don't forget that. Don't ever take that for granted. Don't say, oh, I'm purchased so I can just live the way I want. I've been there, done that, and got the t-shirt. Don't do that. Ye are his purchased possession. He has ownership of you, church. If you know Christ, he has ownership of you. He holds the deed. He holds the title. And listen, God is not willing to trade you in for any amount of money. Nowadays in the car business, hey, what do you give me for this car? You are bought with a price. You're his purchased possession. He owns you, and here's the deal. He ain't trading you in for no amount of money. That should excite you. That God loves you enough to say, hey, I got you, and you're worth it. You know, you're fearfully, wonderfully made by God. Fearfully and wonderfully made by God. You are priceless, and I'm telling you, the enemy's lying to some of you because you don't feel like you're worth anything. I can't do that for God. That's a lie from the enemy. Quit believing the lie. Well, I did this. I don't care what you did. Christ has done the work in you. Come on. He has. It's different. Listen, Ephesians 1, 7, this is for you. In whom we have redemption through his blood, purchase possession, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. We've been redeemed. How? By our own works? By how good we are? No. It says through, the, uh, excuse me, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to to the riches of his grace because he loves you. We could go home right now. <laughs> That's good. I'm like, all right, I like that. It's a short message, but it's good. God's got more for us this morning. In Hebrews chapter 9, verses 12, 13, 14, 15, and on and on and on. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean uh, sanctifieth to the purifying of the, purifying of the flesh, excuse me. So all that's telling us, Christ purchased us with his blood. An animal sacrifice 
couldn't even come close to the redeeming blood of Jesus Christ. And that, the, my whole point is, nothing else can get you to Jesus except the blood. That's why they had to give animal sacrifices for the redemption of their sin back then. But that doesn't work anymore. You're not going to sacrifice because Jesus is the sacrifice. He purchased us. God is so good to us that he sent his son Jesus in the form of a man. So he could redeem man. He could pay man's sin and in turn buy our salvation for us. You tracking with me? I know you've heard it, but you know what? Maybe there's someone here this morning that hasn't heard it. And maybe you're going to hear it in a different light. A lot of you know that, but some of you today don't know that. And I want you to know that. And I would say as a pastor, this is really important for me to say, if you've not yet trusted Jesus as your personal Savior, there's still time until you die. Don't wait till your deathbed because you don't know when your deathbed's coming. I'm going to wait. Don't wait too long. Because you could talk to a guy on a Friday on the phone at a salvage yard that you've known for 15 years. And he said, man, I'm going to go out and have a great weekend and do all those things. And I said, well, be careful. And he gets on his Harley Davidson and goes down the highway and bam, gets hit by a car and dies on his way home from work on a Friday afternoon. He's got his whole life planned out, but boom, nope, over. And there's no do-overs. It ain't like when we were kids, you know, we get tagged. Ah, let's do a do-over. Nope. Do it now. Because in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, and that all should come to repentance. God paid the penalty for us all, didn't he? Didn't he? Didn't he? Do you believe it? Word. Thank you, whoever that was. That's a blast from the past. It's also important to note that Christ laid down his life freely. Why? Because he loved you. He purchased you. I'm going somewhere. Animals didn't have the choice to be a sacrifice, did they? They were like, oh, man, hey, it's your day, Charlie. Go ahead. Nah, man, you first. They're all in the pen hiding out, right? <laughs> no, nah, man, it's not my day. I think it's your day. No. See, Jesus said, I'll do it. Why? Because of love for you. That's good. Isn't that good? If that's not doing something, something's wrong. When he purchased us, Christ offered himself once for our eternal salvation. That's why we have eternal redemption through Christ only, and not animals and not anything else. You know, John 129, I don't know if it's up there or not, but it says, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God would take away the sins of the world. So I hope you see the parallel, parallel there that, that God purchased us. Us? Us? That's a different word. It's biblical. If you've been to shepherd school or LFBI, never mind. I was trying to be funny, people. Work with me a little bit. <laughs> It's not going off like I'd hope, babe. I'm in trouble. All right, thanks. My wife had to be my cheering section over here. Get a little tongue-tied. Hold on, i got to have coffee. I don't know if I'm supposed to have this in here, but... I know the pastor. So, so if you're seeing the parallel, that's hard to say, that God purchased us, and we as wholesaler purchase cars. You got that? So, point two... We find out what's wrong with the car, okay? Well, okay, we know what's wrong with humanity, don't we? What is it? Sin. Man, you guys are awesome. So, well, okay, that's true. Jesus paid for the world's sin. He paid our debt. We're his purchased possession. But the misconception is that when you receive Christ, everything is perfect. I, I used to get tired of hearing that. As a, as a pastoral, past, past, whatever I am, I, I don't like to hear, hey, everything's going to be all right. Once you get saved, man, everything's great. That's a lie. Shame on you for telling that to somebody, right? You're, everything's not perfect. You're just perfect when you get to heaven because you have an advocate, advocate, Jesus Christ the righteous. Don't be preaching that. Everything's perfect. Not going to have any problems. Please take your medication as prescribed. <laughs> huh. You're healed. Yes, you are from uh, the eternal lake of fire. You're not healed from everything else. If we were healed from 
everything, I'd be skinny and good looking. <laughs> we know I ain't been healed from that, right? Don't shake your head, I see you. So we're eternally fine. The perfect day when we stand before Christ and he's our advocate. But hey, there's this thing called life. And we're not going to sell you a bill of goods. We're just going to say when you accept Christ, you're born again. You're going to heaven. That doesn't mean someday you won't be able to pay your rent. That doesn't mean someday you can't pay off the credit card. That means someday you might not be able to pay the gas bill. But God's still good. There's this thing called life, and maybe there's a, a misfire in your spiritual engine this morning. See the car? See? Never mind. <laughs> maybe the body on your attitude is starting to rust out. And, and maybe there's no more gas in your tank. You, you following? And maybe you've lost your identity, and that's a big thing nowadays. The world would tell us that we need to identify with something. Right? Here it is. Child of the king. That's you if you know Christ. You need to identify with Jesus Christ and nothing else. Get your identity in Christ. Identify that you're a blood-bought person of faith. Identify with God and his word. Don't identify with the world because the world's a liar. And the world's going to trip you up and shake you down and kick you when you're down. What's your God doing? Amazing things that I know not. But listen, church, don't quit. Don't quit. Stand fast in Christ. Why can't I quit? Because you're purchased with a high price. Aren't you a purchased possession? He wants you on the road to again. He wants you to plug into the power of what he's doing. He bought you with a high price in 1 Corinthians 6.20. Ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. God's given us a gift, folks. Listen, what will you do with the gift you've been given? Don't squander the gift. Don't squander the gift because you have to answer for that someday. What would you do with the gift? I, well, I held on to it, but I didn't really tell anybody. I was too scared. Mm, I'm so scared Pastor Brian wasn't tell, scared to tell me about Jesus. He was bold. God has given me a gift and I'm telling everybody I can. And you know what? Even the people that don't want to hear it, when they say, hey, Reverend, Hey, Jesus, guy, I don't want to hear it. Okay. I'm not trying to win a fight. I'm trying to win you to Christ, and if you don't want to hear it, I can't help you. Maybe in six months, since I'm praying for your soul, you'll want to hear it. But right now, I can't make you hear it. So if someone doesn't want to hear that, you know, what's going on with you and Jesus, that's fine. But when they do want to hear, don't go, oh, I, 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 you didn't want to hear a few months ago. Don't be that guy. Say, hey, I want to hear. No, you didn't want to hear, so forget it. Uh, negative, Ghost Rider. You need to be telling people. Come on. Now when, you know, we're... I just want to tell somebody. The great evangelist Leo Humphrey used to say, if the same Jesus that lives inside of me lives inside of you, you've got to tell somebody. Because people are sitting on the side of the road and they're broken old busted cars. And they're looking for the truth. And they're like screaming on the inside, I need some truth, I need some truth, I need some truth. And they're looking to us. And we drive by and leave them stranded on the side of the road. And I'm not saying again, not, not you guys. But don't be that guy that says, I know I'm bought with a price. And I know I have a gift. But what? Listen, the same Jesus that lives inside of me lives inside of you. You've got to tell somebody. But listen, but brokenness and fear can leave us paralyzed on the side of the road, can it? We're broken some days. We're broken down. We're, we're having fear. We're paralyzed. We don't know how to go. And we would let, when we let uh, fear paralyze us, the enemy has won. When you let fear paralyze you from telling somebody about Jesus Christ, the enemy's already won. One of the gals in my uh, ABS class, the bridge class, was telling, we were counseling with another young lady. It's how we do it. You know, the ladies and ladies, and I'm just there to advocate advocate fancy words some college words throw me off man 
And she said, you know what, honey? She said, God loves you. And you know what, honeys? God loves you. And the fear that you're fear, the fear that you're feeling is not from the Father. Say that three times fast. It's not. It's a lie from the devil, and the enemy is using it to get you not to say anything. He's already won. There's a difference between fear and danger. You know that? The enemy is riding around trying to make you paralyzed with fear. Trying to leave you on the side of the road powerless. But you've already got the power. You're already plugged into the king of the universe. In 2 Timothy 1.7 it says, God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Plug into that. But of power and of love and of a sound mind. You don't need to plug in your hybrid. You're plugged into the real power. He is the ultimate power source. It's easy to sit on the side of the road and wait for motorist assist to come and fix it, isn't it? A motorist assist will be here in a little bit and they can take care of it. No, no, Christians. We've got something much better than motorist assist. We have Christ in us, the hope of glory. Right? Don't we? I hope you do. If you don't, see me after. So at the shop, we do the same thing that Jesus does in us. We make all things new. Right? We got an old busted car, and I see the vision, and guess what? I'm going to put new power in it, new parts on it. We're going to clean it up, and we're going to give it to somebody back better than it was when it came to us. That's what Christ does to you. He makes you better than when you came to him, and you're, but you're still not perfect, only in him. Inside, not outside. See, God says he makes all things new. But sometimes as believers we think he only makes some things new. That's a lie. He makes all things new. And that's what we do at the shop. We take them what's broken and busted and fix it. I'm excited about that. Because I see these cars come in, they're barely running, and they're you know, on two cylinders instead of four, and they're, they're wobbly. And man, when they come out and we get this great price for them, it's because we did the work the right way. And that's what God's doing in you. You believe that? We make that old car new again. That's what Trevor and I were talking about. That's how good God is. He makes me new again. We, we as men down there at the shop, we don't cut corners to fix anything. God never cut any corners with us either, did he? God is perfect. His ways are perfect. He never cut no corners to fix us. That's not proper English, but it's true. He gave us his very best. So guess what? Likewise, we should give our very best back to him. Shouldn't we? If you've accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've been bought with a price, and you're still struggling, listen, like I said, maybe your spiritual tank's on empty, and you're dealing with problems, and you don't know how to get past the problems, I'll say this. Listen, again, child of the king. You're not too broken to be fixed. That's a lie from the devil. I experience it all the time at my church. People say, I'm too broke to be fixed. No, you're not. Don't tell me that. I was a C student at average. I know that's hard for you to believe because I'm so magnanimous. I can't even say that word. (laughs) Jason, help me out, buddy. You want to come finish? I was a C student at best, and when God called me to the ministry, I had to go get my transcripts. At school, at high school, and I was embarrassed by my grades. When I graduated school, I was a 4.0 because God is good, and my wife wrote my papers. (laughs) She did not write them. She corrected them. This is bad. Thanks, babe. You know what I'm trying to say. I wrote it. She just fixed all the grammar mistakes, and too bad she didn't do that up here. I'd be a lot better off this morning. Listen, don't believe the lie. Because God took me and put my feet upon a rock and he said, hey, I'm calling you to the ministry. And I'm like, no, you're not. And he said, yes, I am. Uh, you're confused. I can't do that. And he said, you're right. You can't, but I can. Let me do it. Amen. What are you letting God do for you today? What are you letting God do for you? Don't believe the lie from the enemy that says that you're not good enough. 
And he says, the enemy sometimes tells you, hey, you won't do anything. Hey, hey, you, you, you don't matter. You're not important. That's a lie. The devil still is a liar. Let faith defeat your fear. God commissioned Joshua to do some things, didn't he? Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. The book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way mediocre and not any good. That's what my version says, right? Prosper. Prosper us. Hey, he's going to allow us to prosper us. Prosperous. And then thou shalt have good success, church. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. Why? For the Lord thy God is with thee, whatsoever thou goest. Hello? That's truth. The lie from the enemy is not. Get with somebody if you're having struggles, right? Hey, trusted, trusted somebody in this church. There's a trusted somebody in this church. There's more than one trusted somebody in this church. You get with them and say, I can't get past whatever it is. Don't be scared. Get with somebody. Get some counseling. Get some discipleship. Get into God's word. Get a healing from whatever's going on in your life. Get a healing. If the battery's dead, there's no power, folks. If your walk is dead, there's no power. If you've lost all hope and you think you're not loved, plug back into the power that Jesus Christ has for you. Because he makes all things new. Isaiah 40, 29. He giveth power to the faint, to them that have no might. He increaseth strength. Hello? Even the youth, that's hard to say too, shall faint and be weary. And the young man shall utterly fall. But what's it say? But, but they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with the wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Finally, my brethren, finally, Bill Johnston. It's personal. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And I'm not changing God's word. I'm just putting my name in there because I believe it's true. Isn't that right? If your battery and your car is dead, you're not going anywhere, folks. If your spiritual battery is completely drained and you need to recharge, you need to recharge. You need to ask for help. Don't hide out in the church in ministry. Bad place to be. Especially if your battery's down. Don't fake your way through ministry, please. You owe it to God to not fake your way through ministry. Don't act like everything's okay when it's not. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, remember what I said, he is a new creature. Come on. Old things are passed away and behold, all things are become new. Does he say again? Does he say, oh, some stuff's new, but not everything? No, all things. He doesn't make some things new. He makes all things new. That's what we do at the shop. We take the old cars and we make them new again. That's what Christ did in you. See, that's what I'm saying. If you're paying attention to the old busted down cars, God can show you something because he's gracious. He's like, hey, look at this. Look at this old busty car, man. It's new again. It's not on the side of the road with no plates on it. It's being driven around by someone that needed it. I probably shouldn't tell you this, but I'm going to. Top secret. Don't tell anybody. You people out there, don't tell anybody. So his whole goal is to take cars. Of course, we're going to sell some because we wouldn't make money. But we're trying to give some cars away. That's his vision. He goes, I want to do this so we can make enough money to give cars away to people that need it. I think you want to work for a guy like that because he loves Christ. He goes, don't tell nobody. I just told everybody I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm in trouble, but you know what? He loves Jesus, so he'll forgive me. Point three, we have a standard for the cars. 
God has a standard for you and I. The standard is one to five. So if you got a one, you bad. If you got a 2.5, you're better. If you got a three, you're middle of the road, and you got a five, best car, we don't have to do anything to it. We don't buy cars like that. We buy ones and twos. By the time they leave, they're fours and fives. Does that make sense? Okay. Five is the best. God has given us his very best. And you know what's awesome? He included the owner's manual. It's called the Word of God. We have an owner's manual for our car, man, for our bodies, for our life. It's called the Word of God. And we need a standard. We all need to take the owner's manual, the Word of God, and we can clearly see the direction in which God has us going down His path, trusting God's standard and not man's philosophy. And that's what I've seen lately in the church age is we've gotten away from God's standard and we say, well, this man said this and we're trusting man's philosophy. We need to remember, just like the headlights light the path that you're on the road, when you're down the road at night, the lights light the road in front of you. Is that not right? Don't do this, young people. You ever been down one of these roads down here? Out in the middle of nowhere, it's grabbing you, turn the lights off? Scares the life out of you. (laughs) It's dark. I can't see anything. That's how a lot of Christians are living their life in the dark. That's how lost people are. They're in the dark. Psalm 119, 105. Let God illuminate your road. The word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The problem is people are throwing the light out. It's not plugged into any power. When they hit the thing, nothing comes on. Hey, why don't the lights work? Because you're not plugged into the power. Yes, you're still born again if you're born again. But man, you need to plug into the word of God. When the car gets dirty, it needs a good cleaning, just like us. We get dirty from the world. Pastor Brian Hedges in discipleship like 25, 28 years ago said that if you're cleaned up like you are now and and you walk through a flower factory and you don't touch anything, you just walk straight through, when you come out, you're going to be covered in flour because it's in the air. It's like sin. You don't have to hang out in it. It's just there. It just gets on you. So sometimes you need a good cleaning, right? Just like your car. Take it to the car wash after you've been out somewhere and it's all kind of funky. Wherewith, Psalm 119.9, wherewith, uh, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Tells you, it's a question. By taking heed thereunto according to thy word. You've got to grab that word and read it. Trust the one that wrote the real manual for your life and his name is God. Psalm, one eight, uh, Psalm 18.30, as for God, his way is perfect. That's why man's fallen on its face right now. That's why man's been falling on its face forever. Because, oh, my way's better. I said last Sunday when I was preaching that, you know, we try as men to build a better mousetrap. You ever heard that saying? No one knew what I was talking about last week, so I don't know why this week was going to be any different, but... <laughs> You, they try to build a perfect mousetrap or they try to make something that, you know, there's a better way to do it. No, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. God's way, his way is perfect. Trust the original owner's manual. Listen, in my job, you can buy, like if a car comes in without an owner's manual, you can buy a, 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 like a, a copy. And it's not the original. Don't buy into the copy. It's a counterfeit. Find an original, the Word of God. Don't believe man's philosophy. Oh, well, just put a a Honda Accord in a Honda Civic manual. It don't work. They're both Hondas. They're different. You understand what I mean? Use the original. There's plenty of counterfeits out there lying to you. It won't work. That that, uh, counterfeit manual won't work. And it's not real. It's a cheap copy. Trust the original. And that's what people do. They don't know what they think. They don't know what they know. They don't know what's best. But they'll tell you they do. So listen. The truth of God's word is a standard. And it's always been the same. And it's not changing. God didn't change his standard. Don't change God's standard. Don't ignore it completely. That's when the warning lights on the dash are going off for us as believers. 
right? We're driving down the road, and, and the problem, the warning lights comes on and says, hey, 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 I'm here, hello, pull over, and you keep driving. Nope. Back in 1973, I had a 73 Grand Trino Sport. I love that car. It was the yellow banana. So they called it, all the folks at school. And when the warning light would come on, you know what I did? I took a piece of black duct tape. (laughs) You know why? That's how I think. I can't see it. Not a problem. (laughs) Until me and Mama got stuck in the Taco Bell uh, drive-thru. That was a date. We were on a date. And that sucker pulled around. That light was on. I couldn't see it. Listen, some of y'all got lights on and you're not paying attention. You're just driving. Everything's going to be all right, I promise. No, it's not. Don't ignore the light. In more ways than one, you know what I mean, Christians. When the warning light is blinking and you keep driving, you're on your way to a big problem. Trust the standard. When the warning light of life comes on, trust the standard. Get into the Word. 2 Timothy 2.15, you guys know this. Study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Trust the truth. 2 Timothy 2.16, But shun profane, here it is, and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat, uh, eat as doth a canker. Ugh. Think about that. Trust God's word, not man's philosophy. If it doesn't sound right, it's not right. Run everything you hear through the Word of God. Especially if you're watching TV or listening to the radio and all these things, man. Plug into the power that's real. And I'm telling you, unplug from your computer and unplug from your TV and unplug from some of that stuff. And I'm not saying do that all the time. But what I am saying is plug into Christ more than you do anything else. You're wondering why we're confused and the warning lights are on and we don't understand what's going on in the world is because we don't know what's going on in the Word. Trust God's Word, not man's philosophy. And i got to hurry. Point four, there is a guarantee on all the cars that we sell. Does that sound familiar? It should because God gives you His guarantee. Watch. I hope some of you are tracking with this because it sounded really awesome to me and Trevor when we were driving back from the property. We're all having these conversations about how good God is and all that. All I know is God's blessing us. And it's not because we're great people. It's because we're listening to what God's asking us to do and we're doing it. I'm not preaching prosperity gospel. I'm talking about dance with the one that brung you. Love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Don't go after other gods. Don't bow down to anything else. Because God loves you. And he will never leave you. And he will never forsake you. Because he's the real deal. And what's awesome about Trevor, my boss, and the company. If something goes wrong, we fix it right. If something's going on in your life, God can fix it right if you let him. So we've been given a guarantee as well as peace of mind. Why? We give, we give that guarantee so when someone buys our cars and they say it's got a 3.5 and a 4 and a 5, it's top spectrum. Because if those cars die, we made a mistake, something else happens, Trevor says, I'll fix it. Because he's a man of character. And that's how God is in your life. And I'm not comparing Trevor to God, but you understand what I mean. Trevor is a godly man. And he tries to identify every day he can with Jesus Christ and God the Father. That's being plugged into the power. That's being on the road for Christ. Hebrews 13.5. Let your conversation... That's a different church, my bad. Let your conversation be without covetousness. I shouldn't have said that. Sorry, Steve. Sorry, Randy. Sorry, Brian. Sorry, Jason. Just give me a list of pastors, and I'll just apologize to all you guys after. Who was that pastor you guys had in that one time? Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, here's your guarantee, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Right, Jeff Trude? I just wanted you because I love seeing you guys back there. 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Here's your guarantee that ye may know that you have eternal life. Come on. Right? 
<laughs> and that ye may believe on the name of, son of, of the Son of God, you have a guarantee. Trust Christ today. If you're not born again, today at the end you should be. If you want to talk to me, you should. You want to talk to any of these altar guys? You should, gals. Don't sit there and go, I don't need Jesus. My, my light's been blinking forever, man, and I just put duct tape over or uh, electrical tape and keep driving. I'm telling you, the day you pass away, motorist assist isn't coming to pull you out of hell. In whom, Ephesians 1, 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, we read it earlier, the forgiveness of sin according to the riches of his grace. That's your guarantee. Ephesians 1, 13, your guarantee. In whom uh, ye also trusted after ye heard the word of truth, that's this morning, if you don't know Christ, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, you need to believe this morning if you don't, I'm talking to people that don't know Christ yet, what? You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That's the guarantee, is it not? God will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That's why I started with that. Because once you accept Christ, hey, even if you mess up, like, I mean, I don't, but if you do, God's taking care of it. I mess up all the time. But don't amen that. That was my wife. What the heck, man? I love you too, 30 years. <laughs> Would you say longer, little, little people? So listen, we've been given a guarantee, and that it guarantees eternal life. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. I can't lose it even when I'm a knucklehead. Why would I not trust God for, to hold my guarantee? Why should I not promise, uh, hold on to the promises of God that I know are true? Why do I scoff at God and say, God, you can't do that. You won't do that because he will. If you let him and you ask him, God knows the desires of your heart, does he not? I never thought I'd be up here preaching or whatever I'm doing. God says, hey, you, Bill Johnston, who were the class clown, who was a C average student, and, and your own uncle said you were somebody else's trash, I'm up here because God is good. And if you don't believe that, you need to today. I'm telling you, God will not make everything perfect on your earthly walk. He'll make perfect, perfect everything in you and him in eternity. Things might stink down here on the, on the earth, man. But someday when the roll is called up yonder, if you know him, you'll be there. What can take away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. You got to know that this morning. Just like Trevor and I talked about, God takes something that's broken and busted and he makes it new again. And then he repeats the cycle with you who came to Christ. And you know Christ now, right? And you start telling people. And we repeat the cycle. How long has it been since you won something to Christ? If, they, if, if, if God wants to make all things new, he can do it with or without us. But he wants us in the plan. God can do anything. He'll do that with your life no matter what the situation is. No matter what lie the devil's told you. Maybe you're a Christian and maybe you're not. Maybe you're tired and burned out and maybe you're not. But I'm telling you, Christians, if you have Christ, stay with him every day. Amen? Well, that's easy for you to say you're a pastor. No, I am, but I'm a bivocational pastor. I work, and I'm not giving you my resume for anything except bring God glory. Don't think that. I'm complaining because I'm not. I work 40 hours a week. I cut grass on the side. I have an antique booth, and I'm a pastor. I'm busy. But you know what all that is? is an opportunity to tell someone about Jesus. Don't tell me you're too busy. I can't. I'm too busy. Too busy to tell someone about Jesus. Oh, stepping on some toes. Man, I'm glad to be here. I love you people. I'm serious. I pray for this church all the time. You know why? Because Brian Hedges loved me enough to tell me about Jesus. And if he wouldn't, where would I be? Would my marriage be intact? Probably not. 
would God allow me after 16 years to leave a job that I was so scared to leave because I was living in fear? And God said, you need to trust me, Bill Johnston. I am, but I'm going to hang on to the reins of this good job that pays me good. And he said, that's not trusting me. That's trusting you. Dang it. He's always right. And I said, hey, I don't work here anymore. And they said, you've been here for 16 years. And I said, well, but God, who is rich in mercy, he gave me a new job that pays me better or close, right? Bookkeeper lady. All right. Man, I hope you understood some of that babbling this morning. Let's bow our heads. Everybody, listen. Bow your head, close your eyes. Listen, if everything's great for you right now, that's great. I don't want anybody looking around, please. Just close your, bow your hearts, close your eyes. Listen, if everything's great for you right now, be praying for everybody that's not great right now. If you're great and you're not great, I understand. But if you're not great, you need to be at the altar. If you've not yet trusted Jesus as your Savior, you need to come to the altar. If you need prayer, you need to come to the altar. If we can help you in some way, come to the altar. I know it can be scary to get up out of your seat, but you've got to do it right now. Hey, everybody stand with me. Keep your eyes closed and your head bowed. And I just want you to think, hey, if I die today, where would I go? Do I really know that I have a relationship with Jesus Christ? The person beside you that's been there before, they're like, man, I know what it's like to go to that altar. But listen, they'll let you out. They may even come to the altar with you. But listen, we need to get tuned up in our spiritual walk. And if we don't have a spiritual walk, we need a Savior that will charge us up and gas us up and get us on down life's road, knowing that we can have eternal life. God can make all things new. And as I turn it over, be thinking, hey, do I need to come forward? Because you do. Lord, we just uh, thank you for what you've done in our lives. Uh, it's a word fitly spoken, uh, God, and I pray that as uh, we let these things just settle in our hearts, we would be uh, pricked to uh, action. Lord, it's one thing to hear the word, but uh, sometimes we need to take that first step. Uh, as Brian says, take that next right step. And so, uh, Lord, I do uh, just pray for your church. I pray for uh, just our ability to just plug into you. Uh, we have the access, we have the ability, uh, Lord, but uh, sometimes we just fail to do it. And so uh, I pray that you would just forgive us for that. Uh, Lord, we just uh, we thank you for everything that you're doing um, in our lives, uh, Lord. And uh, we pray that you are getting all the honor and the glory uh, in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so we're going to uh, transition here uh, and uh, take up the offering. And then we've got some announcements and uh, we'll be going. So. Uh, Pastor Brian will be back next week, be praying for him and his family. Uh, he's out doing uh, different things. I think he's teaching a couple times this week, but uh, uh, be praying for him and also be praying for uh, uh, Amy and Elizabeth as they're back uh, home just uh, staying with the stuff. So uh, let's just pray for the offering here uh, real quick, and uh, we got some announcements. Uh, Father, we love you. We thank you for today. We just uh, pray that you would take uh, just uh, our small offering to you, uh, Lord, and that you would just multiply it and uh, do uh, great and wonderful things with it. We pray.